I'd now like to introduce our speaker tonight, Evelyn. Good morning. Good morning. Can everybody see me? <laughs> okay, thank you so much for inviting me. My name is Evelyn. Um, I'm from the San Fernando Valley, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, I'm delighted to be here tonight. This is great. This is wonderful. Um, what it was like. Okay. I was a 14-pound baby. When I was 11 years old, I was 100 pounds overweight. I was usually the shortest and the fattest child in my class. I happened to go to Catholic schools, and, and I'm in my 50s now. So when, when before the, for those of you who are so much younger than me, before they took these individual classroom pictures, they used to just take these, these long pictures out on the front steps of the church. And I'm always on the lowest step, and I'm right in the center, you know, because they would do it this way, and I'm taking up two spaces, you know. Um, I was always fat, okay. Uh, I'm a... a I'm a first-generation uh, Polish-American. Uh, my parents were uh, children of adult, uh, they were adult children of alcoholics. Um, came over here right, right at the end of the war. And, uh, and I was always fat. I was born fat. I grew up fat. For some people like me, or that have my mindset, at one point, you, you either accept the fact that you're fat, or you just, do something about it. And I was not someone who did something about it. I'm not a woman who takes real good care of herself. You know, uh, when I came into program, I was 42 years old. And uh, I had left school in the 10th grade. Um, I weighed over 240 pounds. Uh, I wore size 55 stretch pants. I had three blouses and two pair of stretch pants. You know, and uh, I worked in low-income jobs. I had hair, long hair that I wore in a braid, and I combed it once a day whether it needed it or not, and I washed it once a week whether it needed it or not. You know, I, I, I did, I'm not one of these people who, women who, who went on a lot of diets or anything like that. I'm the kind of person that if I try something and I don't know how to do it or it's not successful, I stop. Instantly. I, and, and there's a voice inside my head that says, that's not for you. you know. And I can remember when I was, you know, as a young woman, going on a diet, you know, and I lost some weight, and then I gained it back, and this voice said, that's not for you. I sit down and play the piano. If I can't play it, that's not for you. If I can't repair the car, that's not for you. You know, and, and that, that's, that's what, where I was. Um, I've always liked to eat food, and I have to tell you, after 14 years in this program, food still does it for me. You know, I love the smell of it. I, I, since I no longer eat a lot of it, I collect pictures of a lot of it. I, and I love to look at food magazines, and I collect cookbooks. I don't do any kind of that cooking. I have to cook very simply. I've gone through menopause. I'm in my middle 50s. You know, I drink a glass of water, and I can gain 27 pounds, you know. And, and, you know, my metabolism has stopped, but, you know, I, I it, it calms me. It still calms me. Just the smell of it calms me, you know, and, and, uh, and that's the way it is. That's the way it is. When I first came into program, uh, several people took an interest in me, and there was a, one gentleman who was a particular mentor of mine who used to just say, you know, that's just the way it is. 
get over it. You know, it just, you, you know, you can't see without your glasses. So put your glasses on. You know, you're a compulsive overeater, so deal with it. And for me, that kind of tough love worked. When I first came into program, I have to also tell you that it was not in my intention to lose 100 pounds. I came into program because I was 42. I had a 16-year-old daughter who spent most of her every waking moment of her life running away. You know, and we lived in low-income housing. I was working two full-time jobs. Um, I didn't consider my life unmanageable, but my life was a mess. You know, I just it was just endless, and it was hard, and um, it it was just so hard. And I decided just about the time I was 42. Uh, uh, Husband and wife took an interest in me. And I remember one time we were sitting late in the evening drinking coffee. The kids had gone to bed. My daughter, of course, had run away and was gone for a couple of weeks. And, um, and he turned to me and said, what are you going to do with the next 42 years of your life? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, what are you going to do with the next 42 years of your life? Are you going to live them like you did the last 42? And you know... I didn't know until that moment that I had a choice. I did not know. I thought that that's what I had to do. Whatever I was doing, I just thought it was going to go on endless. And I had a God in my life, and I had a God, and the kind of God that I had in my life was um, someone who was really busy all the time. You know, they got to keep, he's got to keep those birds flying and those flowers growing and that, 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 and there wasn't a lot, lot of time for Evelyn. And, I had a clear vision of God at that time as a giant thumb coming down out of, out of the sky, pressing down on the top of my head. And that's how it felt to me all the time, 24 hours a day, this giant thumb pressing down on the top of my head. And I put one foot in front of the other and struggled to go forward and struggled to go forward and struggled to go forward. And all the time I was eating. And, and I ate a lot. I didn't drive until shortly before I came into the program, and I always rode a bike. And I used to work about six to anywhere from six to ten miles from where I lived. And I rode a bike back and forth to work, and sometimes to two and three jobs. I was still 100 pounds overweight, you know. Uh, and that's the, that's the only um, comfort that I allowed myself. I didn't even wear face cream or anything, and, you know, I, and I didn't wear gloves. You know, when when I rode my bike and it, it was freezing colder in the rain. You know, if, and if I was walking in the rain, I never used an umbrella. You had to suffer. You know, and I'm not real sure where that came from, but that, that's kind of how I was. Um, I started to think about what that man said to me, that I had a choice. And I decided that I was going to change. I was going to do something one time. I knew myself. I'm very self-analytical, and I knew myself, and I knew that I would, I would do something once. And it probably wasn't going to work, but I would do it once. And I just ended up in a 12-step program, mainly because it was free. And I just ended up in Overeaters Anonymous, mainly because I had three hours free on a Sunday afternoon, and there happened to be a meeting. And I was real familiar with 12-step programs, uh, and it, was, it wasn't until just a couple of years ago that I, uh, I had, I re- remembered that when I was, I used to work nights in a psychiatric facility, and, uh, and uh, I feel real comfortable around crazy people. 
you know, violent people. I'm real comfortable around violent people. And uh, there used to be a gentleman who, who had been there for years, and he would compulsively read the big book in a monotone every waking moment, even while he was eating. And he used to follow me around eight hours during the night. I used to work the night shift, you know, and I had forgotten that. And it never bothered me, you know, and he would just read it, you know. And I, I don't know what he said, but I had forgotten that, and I remembered a couple of years ago. But I ended up in a 12-step program, and I ended up in Overeaters Anonymous, and I gained 25 pounds. My weight had not fluctuated in centuries, and I gained 25 pounds. Um, I, I uh, tend to be um, uh, loud and obnoxious and um, flip, judgmental by inclination. That's, that's pretty much my nature. And, um, and I uh, tend to be disruptive by nature. And I came into Overdue's Anonymous, and I couldn't get this program. But what I did get was that there was something going on. And in the Reseda office, we have the 12 steps on the wall. You know, they're like in framed pictures. And I remember my first meeting sitting across looking at the wall, and I don't remember what I heard or anything, but I remember just uh, reading. And I'm a compulsive reader. I tend to read anything like that's in front of me, you know, and... And I remember thinking, you know what, I could do that. It said, and then it said, at the end it said, practice these principles in all your affairs. And I went, I could do that. But I couldn't figure out how to do it. You know, and, but I tried. And, and I gained 25 pounds in this program. And then I started to really pay attention because there were people who were dumber and uglier than I was that were getting something in this program. And that just jerked me off, I have to tell you. And I have to tell you that I got abstinent out of pure spite. Just pure spite. Because I went, those sons of bitches, look at them. I, I'm sorry, I tend to curse a lot. And I go, Who, that woman can't even find her way to the bathroom. And look at this. You know, and on top of that, they were losing weight. But what they were also doing, they were changing. And I could see the change in them. And for me, and at that time, this was like three or four months in program, I can remember really starting to really think about this. And I remember turning to someone and saying, I don't care if I lose 100 pounds or not. I want everything else in this program. I wanted the promises to be come true for me. I wanted to feel comfortable with people. I did not feel comfortable with people, and people didn't feel comfortable with me. You know, I wanted to be free of economic insecurity. I wanted to live in the present. I always lived forward, way forward, way forward. I never live, I, I'm not one that remembers my past. I don't discuss my past. I, I don't, the only past I discuss, even now, that I'm comfortable, is in the last 14 years since I came to program. To me, I was born 14 years ago. But I worked really hard to get all of the things that the, that the program promises. And that's the deal that I made with the program. That's the deal that I made with the big book. It says in the big book, if you do this, 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 and this, you'll get this, 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 and this. And that has been my experience. And every day I get up and I do this, 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 and this, 
so I can get this, 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 and this. And the day that I don't get this, this, and this, I'm walking to Vermont and digging Bill up and asking him where's mine, you know, because it still is all about me. I still am the most important thing in my life. I'm more appropriate about it. I'm so grateful for that. I have become a kinder person. I have become a friend. I've learned to be a friend in this program. I've learned to become the mother of an adult child. Have a good relationship with my daughter now, who's 30, in her 30s now. But for me, too, it started with the food. And I found out my first year I did a lot of investigation and I looked at a lot of things. And, and I also did, I happen to be a compulsive reader, so I do a lot of reading. But I also analyzed what I was eating and why I was eating it and how I felt about it, you know. And I found out that too much grease, too much salt, too much sugar, large quantities of food make me mean-spirited, bitter, judgmental, foggy, not in touch with reality, um, loud, obnoxious, violent. I tend to be violent by nature. I'm, I luckily have a large vocabulary. If I didn't have a large vocabulary, I'd probably be beating somebody up. You know, I, 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 tend, I, I tend to be rageful. And a lot of that has gone away. Part of that has gone away. But for me, it started with the food. And at the time, when I came into program, they had a suggested abstinence of three meals a day, no sugar, nothing in between. Okay? I went to, to three meals a day, nothing in between. Whoa. Those four hours between those meals, I mean, I know that World War II did not go on that long. I mean, it was just agonizing. I can remember, even now, I can remember every second of every minute of every hour between those meals. And I had uh, my friend who used to say, so get used to it. You know, I was really lucky. That kind of thing works for me. If you, I, I, if you try to nurture me or something, I'm just, I'm out of there. You know, and, and I just go, okay, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and from the, this guy, he would say, get over it. What do you want? You know, what do you want? You want? And I used to say, I want to be well. I want to be well in all aspects of my life. I want to be well mentally, spiritually, physically, monetarily. I want to function like a normal human being as much as possible. And he would say to me, you have a design for living right here in the, blue, in the big book. Right here. You know, he said, I think you're one of the people that that would work for you. Why don't you give it a try? And, and he would say to me, you don't have to believe it. You know, he said, you don't have to believe in anything. You just have to do it. And that's what I did. I did it anyway. Did I believe that I would lose 100 pounds? No. Did I care? I have to honestly say I did not. Did I lose 100 pounds? Yes. Have I kept 100 pounds off for... Um, actually, it, it was uh, 13 years on Thanksgiving. 13 years. I've been living in the same weight, in the same dress size, with all these clothes that never wear out. And uh, that's amazing. That is amazing when you start to look at that. But the, the other part of that that I got was I got a change in my behavior and how I reacted to you 
and how I reacted to my feelings inside myself. And I found out a lot about myself. I still do to this day. And when I don't, when I don't know what to do, I do what it suggests in the big book is to keep your mouth shut. You know, just stand there. You know, do the program thing. Oh, hi, how are you? You know, I'm more comfortable in the company of people. I have a large group of friends in the program and out of the program. And I'm so grateful for that. I have a a working relationship with a God. A God that works with me. My God happens to be a little overweight because he used to be a compulsive overeater. And... uh, and I'm okay with that. Do, did I believe I needed a God when I came here? No. Did I want one? No. I prayed every day for 10 years. I said one prayer every day for 10 years while I warmed up my car. And I didn't care whether I got an answer or not. I just did it because that was suggested to me. And I have, in the last couple of years, come to believe that whether I believe in God or not, I know that he believes in me. And I'm so grateful for that. Most of the time, I still pray superstitiously because it worked yesterday. And I want, I want what I had yesterday, I want to do it again today. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that I learned to be willing to do, to, to take a contrary action. And I have lived my life for 14 years contrary to the type of life I lived before to the behaviors that I had before. And in order to make a conscious decision to live that way, I have to be careful that I don't poison my thinking with the food that I put in my body. Because, yes, I am what I eat. I found that out. I found out all that little stuff that they say, all those little slogans, you know, that they're all the truth. They're all the truth. And I have come to believe in them. And some days, I... um, On my worst day, I stay abstinent out of pure spite. On my worst day, I stay abstinent because I don't want to walk into the Sunday morning women's meeting and have those bitches talk about me behind my back. You know, that's that's as good as it gets. There are some days when I just go, you know, I'm not walking in there, you know. And I love every one of them and they love every one of me. But sometimes that's all I can do to pull up to say, you know, life is tough right now. And sometimes life is tough. In 14 years, I've had the same kind of experiences that you will have or you've had, you know. Um, I've had death in my family. I've had birth in my family. I've, uh, I went back to school. That's a trip. Um, I uh, work in an office with women who read Vogue magazine, you know. And uh, they have learned to see value in me as I have learned to see value in them. And... Uh, you know, uh, I've lost jobs, gotten jobs, all kinds, earthquakes, you know, whatever. I can remember, I knew that I had changed in this program one of my first hardcore lessons that my knowing that my thinking had changed was I'm in the San Fernando Valley. We happen to live in Reseda. And during the earthquake of 94, the building's falling down and everything. We're grabbing whatever we can, trying to get our clothes on and get outside. The building is falling down. I'm walking down the stairs. And instead of getting a purse, I saved a bag of cookies. And, and I'm carrying this bag of cookies down the stairs. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, 
this is really going to be terrible. Cause I, and I had never done this before. My husband had, but I had never done this before. And I went, whoa, I never did this before. And then my, my third thought was, this is a terrific opportunity not to gain 100 pounds. And I went, whoa, okay, Evelyn, okay. And I started, and I finished walking out to the parking lot, and I, I was thinking about, you know, where my valuables were kept. But I, my valuables also included my program and what my program was. And I repeated it over to myself so I could remember what I was supposed to do to take care of myself so that I could comport myself like a human being through this this horrendous event and how I felt about it and it went on for months and months and months and everything and I didn't gain a hundred pounds you know I was so grateful for that I was so grateful for that and I changed my thinking because of this program and I try to do that every day I work hard at it my behavior is, to me is very important and in this program I became an adult I became a person. I comport myself with dignity, in, even in the midst of defeat. And even in, in, um, in victory, it's always easy to be gracious. But in defeat, I've learned to be gracious. And I'm so grateful for that. I no longer flame, uh, uh, fan the flames of my family problems. And if on occasion I attempt to, I apologize. I know what I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm so grateful for that. Very, very grateful for that. I'm so grateful for people like you. What is my life like now? Um, I learned to date in this program. I uh, have recently married. I've been married a year now. And, uh, and that was another experience. Um, I went back to school in this program. And I work in a job that has insurance. And I got a driver's license. You know, 401k plan. You know, I'm really, I've been trying for a year to become adult enough to buy a house. You know, and I've dragged my feet. And the economy has now gone down again, so now it's a good time for me to stop dragging my feet, you know. So I'm hoping to do that soon. Uh, I have a wonderful relationship with my daughter. My daughter is living my old life. She's probably 110 pounds overweight. She's loud. She's obnoxious, um, bitter. And I've learned to be a good mother to her, and I've learned to keep my mouth shut. She knows all about Overeaters Anonymous, and that may or may not be her path, and it's none of my business. Um, my life today, this is a good day today. Um, I went to a party this afternoon. I came here to this meeting and I'm going to another party tonight. And people invite me to parties. I've become a woman who gets invited to great parties. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? I'm so grateful for that. That was one of my goals when I was three or four years in program. Because somebody said to me, well, what do you want to do now? And I said, I want to become the kind of woman who gets invited to great parties. And, that, and I also throw great parties. I threw a great party two years ago and I've been throwing parties ever since. And I used to not allow anybody into my house. Nobody was allowed in my house. You know, don't touch my stuff. Don't look at my stuff. Don't come into my house. And, uh, and I feel comfortable in society today. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful for Overeaters Anonymous. I'm grateful for the people who've gone before me and struggled and built this program and offered it to me. 
and encourage me to be all I can be. And I wish that kind of life for you. Thank you very much. We can take some questions and answers. Anybody have any questions? Yes. The question was about, uh, I didn't speak a lot about being sponsored or sponsoring. The reason that I don't really speak about that is my path in this program has not been the traditional path. Um, my, I have never had a successful relationship with a sponsor in the accepted sponsorship mode. I have had people who have taken an interest in me, uh, and they were not the winners in this program. My program, the, the people who took an interest in me when I first came into program in the first five years in my in, in program were well, who we generally term the losers in this program, the people who... who uh, who are heavily medicated and have had thousands of years of therapy. And they have to, I was, I'm comfortable with those people. I was for many years. And I would, and, and uh, those people, uh, there were six of them, took an interest in me and would sit and talk to me about, my therapist told me this, you know, what do you think about that? And I would, you know, and I, and I would, go, gee, you know, that's something that I could do. Would you mind if I use that? You know, and, and they talk to me about, about my food. Now, these are people who are not generally abstinent for long term, but they knew a lot about food and they knew a lot about what it did to them. And they, they knew a lot about how their body reacted to medication and, and to food. And they used to talk to me about it. I had one long-term relationship with a gentleman in this program. It went on for almost four years. And I spoke to him three or four times a week on the phone, and uh, we met every Sunday afternoon uh, for lunch, and then we would talk. And uh, he, he is not successful in this program, but he taught me everything that I know about this program. And he encouraged me also to 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 seek the aspects of this program that would make me more of a person. And he in, is the one who encouraged me to start to date. And we would meet every Sunday and discuss that. And we would talk about how I dressed. Maybe I should comb my hair more often. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and, and he was wonderful. He has since left the program. And, and he, last time I saw him, he weighs maybe 400 pounds. And, and, uh, since then, I've had a series of people, but I have, I have never linked up with that. What I do do is when I do have, I have found as I've gotten longer term into the program, I have had to pick up and do the tools in a more traditional way. So I have certain people that I call regularly now, and I have people who call me regularly primarily for different aspects of their life. That's how um, I have one person that I talk to about my relationships. I have one person I talk to about my money. And I have one person that I talk to about my food. I have several people who call me uh, to either talk about those three things. And uh, so that's, I don't really, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of experience in the, in the sponsorship mode. Anything else? Please. 
Well, um, I say, uh, I am a believer in saying the first three steps out loud, and I say them out loud. Uh, I pray out loud, too, because otherwise I forget what I'm doing and my mind wanders. Okay? I have, I have a lot of trouble with that. Uh, so when I do something important, which my program is, I usually do it out loud. And I, I say the first three steps out loud. Um, I know that I, and I know that I am powerless over food. I, I know that. I've had several instances that I mean it just jumps right up in my face. You know, I mean I and I can look back and and I am powerless over food. It's probably the one thing. You know, I don't have a, a, a problem with alcohol other than it makes me hungry. Almost everything makes me hungry. You know, and so I don't drink a lot because it makes me hungry, and I can't afford to be hungry. I still don't feel comfortable being hungry. 14 years in this program, as soon as I start to get hungry, I think I'm sick or something's wrong. You know, I mean, it, it, it can happen three times a day, and it's like it happens for the first time, and it, it's amazing. And I've, I was, I've learned to just live with it, okay? Um, and I usually, with the first three steps, I say them in, in the, uh, as a we, you know, we admitted, and then I go back and I say them again out loud, I admitted, uh, you know, that I am powerless over food. I've come to believe in a power greater than myself can save me from, uh, restore me to sanity. I've made a decision to turn my will in my life. Do I believe that? Most days I don't believe that I've done any decision making. I just do it. Okay. Uh, I did do an inventory. Uh, I have to tell you that I don't remember most of my life. And uh, several years ago I made a decision not that it wasn't that important. Um, I feel that I'm a functioning human being, and uh, unless I need serious psychiatric care now, I don't think that I'm going to need to to go to delve into that. Uh, I, I've always I'm self-analytical by nature, so I know exactly what my character defects are. I know exactly what where where my street is and where the line in the middle of the street is, and I and I really need to stay on the sidewalk because. I tend to lose boundaries. Um, I've identified my character defects and I take conscious action to react in a different way. I take contrary action. I apologize immediately. Soon as, and I've learned in this program more and more. Um, I know when I've, when I've made a mistake. Even when I've made a mistake, you know, I just go, you know what, I, I, I reacted wrong. You know, I, I, I owe you an apology. Um, I continue to take personal inventory. When uh, I have made amends, made my amends, I make living amends to the people that are in my life now. Uh, I'm comfortable with that. I still, I still am uncomfortable uh, with prayer and meditation. Uh, I've taken a couple classes in meditation. Uh, I prefer to do yoga. It helps me to stay focused. Uh, and it makes me have to be quiet. I tend to, uh, I, my mind wanders. My mind is full. After I got rid of the 72 people that lived in my head, it's like all these other thoughts, you know, you know, all about world peace, you know, how far, you know, how long does it take water to boil? You know, I mean, all this stuff, you know, it just goes through my head. And uh, so it's hard for me to be quiet. I pray um, and try and listen now for an answer, but that's just in the last couple of years. But if God doesn't, like, speak up right away, then he misses his turn. 
I, I'm hoping to become more mature in that. I take every opportunity to write. Uh, when I was raised in this program, I did not uh, learn to write every day or on a regular basis, and I have found out that that is a good thing to do. And uh, the problem is, is that I forget to do it. So I take every opportunity that I can to learn that. Uh, when I want to learn something or try a new skill, then I go places where, that I normally wouldn't do. If I want to write, then I go to writing meetings till I get in the habit of writing. You know, if I, if I, if I need to do prayer and meditation that I've, I've learned to take a class or something until I can do it on my own. And when I forget to do it on my own, then I start again. I start again. Um, have I had a spiritual awakening? Yes, I think so. I think so. For me, it was very slow. And for me, it was, it was an educational variety. And I'm comfortable with that. I carry the message anywhere, anytime. Um, I like being a member of Overeaters Anonymous. A lot of people are uncomfortable with it. It doesn't bother me at all. I, it, to me, it, it, this program saved me. This program made me the woman that I am today, and I'm comfortable with that woman. And so I never betray it, you know, and I never deny it. And, um, and I practice these principles in all my affairs. I'm grateful that I know what the principles are that I can practice. And when I, you know, when I don't know what to do, I have a method that will will help me get through. And so I cause less disruption in my life. And then I start again. I start again. Um, I hope that answers your question. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Fear. Um, boy. And it's funny because I was thinking of this earlier. I'm Because basically I'm a fear-based person. I am so afraid of change that that to me it's not a possibility. I was 42 before I started to think it was a possibility, you know. And I, I mean, I like everything to be the same. I still sit in the same chair in the same place at the first meeting that I ever went to. I hate when everybody changes their seats. Oh, I mean, I can barely concentrate through the meeting. You know, why are they sitting over there? They always, they're supposed to sit there. You know, I, I don't, you know, I can't, I, change is it, scary for me. And that's basically where my fear comes from. I'm, fear, I'm fearful of, very fearful, fearful of people because it feels like, like everybody's speaking a different language to me, you know. And, and none of it's Spanish, which is the only second, other second language I have. I just go like, what are we talking about? And a lot of times when I feel myself speaking, particularly in my path, it was like I was speaking and nobody could understand what I was saying. You know, and and uh, by our house, there's a church that since September has had a, a sign on their marquee that said, uh, courage is just fear that said its prayers. And that has been my experience. That, that has been my experience I, in, this, in the 12-step program, is we identify what we have to do, we say a prayer, we figure out what we have to do, we say a prayer and do it anyway. And that's courage. Are we afraid when we're doing it? Yes. I have never been, I have to tell you, I've never been relieved of fear just because I prayed. There are people in this program that have, God bless them, but that has not been my experience. I walk around most of the time not realizing, you know, what's going on. Where, where are we going? You know, how, you know, where does this door lead? Coming into this building, 
you know, my husband said, and what room is it in? You know, and I had to say in a very calm voice, I don't know. You know, and then we had to walk in here. You know, I, for years before I came into program, I never went in any place that I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, if I had a choice. You know, I went to went to a Kmart because all the Kmarts look the same. You know, you go to Denny's, all the Denny's look the same. You, know, you don't you don't go around. You know, I, at least that's how I felt. But particularly to try new things, particularly things that would be good for me, like going back to school. You know, taking better care of myself as a woman. Going to the doctor, you know, going to the dentist, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not afraid of what they're going to do to me. I'm, uh, what I hate is when they say, and why don't you, why haven't you done this in the past? You know, I don't know, you know, um, and and I, I've learned to be comfortable with doing it anyway. You know, that's what I learned in this program is you do it anyway. And that has worked for me. I try not to analyze my feelings too much. Because then I just go, oh, my God, who wants to go in there, you know? And I just kind of do it anyway and, and wait to see what's going to happen. And I've become optimistic in this program. And, uh, I, and pretty much even when the scary things happen, like horrible, horrible things that happen in your family or an earthquake or traffic accident or you lose your job or, or, or somebody that you know gets real sick, as I go, I, more and more my thought is, I wonder what's going to happen next, you know? How are we going to get out of this? What are we going to do, you know, as opposed to, oh, my God, everything is falling apart. And and it's only because I've practiced doing it anyway that I've gotten to that point after 14 years. And I'm so grateful for that. It does give you a lot of relief. I've learned. I've gotten a lot of relief in this program and some recovery, but more relief from a lot of stuff like that. I hope that answers your question. Anybody else? Yes. Oh, when I was a newcomer, I didn't have anything else to do with this program. Uh, I used to work and I used to go to meetings. I was really grateful, uh, really lucky because my daughter was 16. And I don't know how these men and women recover in this program with children in the house and and working two jobs. You know, I mean, I just uh, I've learned to be more supportive of, of them. Uh, in this program, but I, w- I was lucky. I used to go to, uh, I used to pretty much go to a meeting every day because I was hungry. Geez, when I stopped only, eat- when I started just eating three meals a day, I was hungry. I mean, I was, <laughs> please make the time pass so I could go to bed and wake up and eat. <laughs> right? And I found out that being in a meeting, the time went by real, pe- real fast. It was comforting, and usually I felt calmer. Um, and I and I could go home, take a shower, and go to bed, you know. And, and but if I stayed home, I couldn't watch TV, you know. I couldn't sit and read. I couldn't sit there. I mean, I would. And 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 uh, and I the the deal that I made with the I did have a sponsor when I first started out, and 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 we had two uh, just a couple of deals, a handshake deals. I shook her hand, so then I had to do it every day. She asked me if I would pray every day. And I said I would. And so I did. I, I prayed. And, I, and in order to remember to pray, I, I did it while I was warming up my car. You know, because I started to drive about that time. I go, you're supposed to warm up your car? I'll pray. Okay. The, the funny part about that is now every time I put the, ignition, the key in the ignition, I automatically start saying a prayer. You know, so I pray more. You know, when I was, had a delivery job, I prayed a lot. You know. <laughs> um, um, uh, 
I didn't really start to do more than that till I was two years into, into the program. And, uh, and by that time, I had lost 100 pounds. And I want to tell you that uh, when you're lo- losing weight is, is, is uh, easy compared to keeping it off. Okay? I lost 100 pounds eating junk food. And you know what? I can't keep 100 pounds off unless I learn to eat vegetables. You know, eat more vegetables, a little meat, limit the carbohydrates, you know, drink a lot of water, all of that kind of stuff. Um, about the first couple of years, I had friends. Uh, the first friends I had in my whole life were in program, and we used to call each other on the phone. It was very supportive. Uh, after I got um, started to date and I met my husband and I moved in with him, my life changed. I had to change my program a little bit. Um, now I attend uh, approximately two meetings a week, uh, sometimes more. Depends on what's going on with me. I'm real, I, I, as I said before, I'm real analytical. I always, I have been taught, raised in this program to figure out exactly what's going on, the good and the bad, and then adjust my program to meet the, the, those difficulties. And when things get really bad, I get really tight with the program. The first thing I do is look at my food and clean it up. The second thing I do is I say a prayer and say, you know, help me to remember about my food and watch over me as I do this. Grant me some kind of guidance or send somebody here who will tell me what to do. And I usually try and attend a few more meetings. I, I write on occasion. I'm, I'm still not real big on that. Still not real big on that. I'm becoming more mature in this program, and I'm realizing the value of many of the tools in this program. And so if you get an opportunity to learn them, uh, I encourage you to acquire that habit. Because, boy, it's hard to pick up. You, you, it's, they're hard to pick up later on as you, as you live in this program because you're resentful that you have to do it. And the one thing I've learned in this program is I have to be flexible because my situation changes and my program has to change to meet the situation. I'm 56 years old, you know. I went through menopause in this program and I didn't gain the requisite 25 and 50 pounds. My doctor swore to me I would, and I didn't. I adjusted my food. I've learned to exercise in this program, and, uh, and, and I've learned to face the truth good or bad, and work from there. And, and I, have, I have found this program very comforting, very comforting. And I'm real comfortable in my life, and I'm optimistic about my future. My goal now is to age gracefully in this program, you know, and, and, uh, and not gain 100 pounds doing it. And I plan on my last day, to go to a meeting and have lunch and then die. <laughs> but I, you know, I can't imagine leaving this, uh, leaving this program. Um, it has been very good to me, very good to me. And I encourage you to be open-minded about it and take as much of it as you can and use it. Okay, I think that's about it. Thank you very much for allowing me to be your speaker today.